Well, hello there, Jet Airs here. Welcome to another edition of The Attic. And this time we find ourselves in sunny Los Angeles, Newport Beach, California, and uh, we've brought The Attic with us here on the road. And we have an awesome guest that we're gonna bring in. He's a good friend and a partner to iGel, Skip Gumble. He's running end user compute at VMware for almost a decade now. And so he's got an awesome perspective. His origin story roots through a number of just amazing tech companies. He started at 3Com, he worked at HP, he worked at Force 10, Dell, Citrix, and he found his way to VMware about a decade ago. So very excited to welcome Skip Gumble onto the set of The Attic. Skip, welcome to The Attic. We're so excited to have you here. I know you've been uh, traveling around the world. Absolutely. And uh, you've been, I saw, last time I saw you, we were in London together at Disrupt. And, here we are in Newport Beach uh, at the Disrupt here. And I know you, uh, when I left you, you were gonna go to uh, Bali and then Australia. So uh, the world is opening back up and uh, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us on the attic. No, thank you, Jed. It's great to be here and you're right. Flew in last night back into Dallas, uh, got home about six and then took a quick rest and here I am in well, California. So it's, yeah. it's great to be with you and great to be here with IGEL and Disrupt. Yeah, well, uh, it's been fun. I think we're filling a little bit of a void here with uh, the conversation around end-user compute. And I know uh, there's a lot of exciting things happening at VMware and end-user compute in general. We'll get to Absolutely. some of those things. But since this is the attic, we love to talk about origin stories and we love to talk about people's sort of uh, path into tech and what shaped them. So, uh, you know, super excited, someone that I've known and uh, consider a good friend for a long Thank time you. to have you here. So let's talk about you. Where, where did you grow up? Yep. Tell us a little bit about your childhood. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, okay. I was born and raised there. Spent first 18 years of my life there. I uh, was very fortunate, was athletic back then. Uh, played football and baseball. And by the time I got to high school, I was playing high school baseball, pitching and playing third. So that was a a great oh, wow. thing. And Third, you had a great arm then, I guess. Huh? Back then, I did. <laughs> and so it was all good. It was, uh, had a great time. But then, uh, you know, I was very fortunate also to, to go to a high school in Atlanta called the Lovett High School. I mean, some people may know that. And was very fortunate back in my sophomore year, the school put together a program to said, you know, it's kind of like an intern two weeks, not regular classes. Do what you want to do. And so they brought in all kinds of uh, different types of interests, like vocational interests. And I said, well, I'll try this computer thing, because back then it was way before its time. And so I got really excited, got really involved with the computer technology. And it happened to be that the high school at that point, uh, for those people that know Hewlett Packard, uh, there was a, they bought a brand new computer called an HP 2000. I won't even- 2000 probably seemed like a long way off. Yeah, it was. And, um, <laughs> Anyway, we won't go into the details about that machine, but they said, you know, we don't know a lot. Would you like to be the operator of this computer? And so it was like a perfect lead starting in my sophomore year, as I said, in high school. And then I realized, though, that they didn't have anybody writing the programs. They didn't have programs. They were just kind of putting pieces together. So myself and one other uh, class person on a year ahead of me, actually, we started writing software for the high school. We wrote an accounts payable system, we wrote an accounts receivable system, we wrote a class registration system. Wow. And so I was able to do that for my rest of my years at high school. And then even after graduation, they continued to 
pay me to dial in on modems to support them while in Dallas, Texas, which is where I left to go to, high, to, go to college. So you just basically threw a, uh, a, a vocational program, mm -hmm. made your way into tech, and yeah, found a, a job. Yeah, that found is, a job uh, that paid me through high school so I could amazing. go to college. Because where I chose to go to college, I went to Dallas, and I went to SMU, okay. uh, Southern Methodist University, where I started, had decided computers, definitely where I'm going to be, computer science. But I, what I realized early was that business, I said I had to really understand business back even in high school, was really important. So I set on a journey to do both computer science as well as business. So okay. I got a dual, I was working on a dual degree. And I also thought, well, getting just college education really wasn't probably going to be enough to get me the career that I was looking for. So SMU was one of the only schools back then that had what we called a co-op program. I think it's pretty well known now, yep. where you work in school, work in school all the way through. So my dual degree was a five-year program. Uh, it was great because I was able to do internship for a company called Data General back during the college days. But then when I graduated with dual degrees, Hewlett Packard was kind enough to uh, bring me into their, their program there in Richardson, Texas. Wow. Right on a path there. So, and yeah. how do you end up into end user compute uh, through all this? So you uh, right. So it took quite a while to get into end user computing, but you know you could say that even in my career at HP, when I was both a system engineer uh, and sales during my ten-year career there, it was mostly in hardware. But the systems that we were selling were obviously transactional based and dealt with the end user. Mm -hmm. Certainly not how we may think of end user computing today, but it was the early stages of that from a user needing access to information, transactional processing, you know, it's right after or right with the IBM mainframe error. Mm -hmm. So then after the HP, then I said, well, well, we'll switch job, do something a little bit more aggressive or progressive and went to a hardware company by the name of 3Com. Oh yeah, which remember was, these guys. Yes, remember those guys based out in California. Yeah. Uh, so I did that hardware, was in sales again, SE management, operations. So I had this tremendous uh, opportunity to understand and to get a broad knowledge base. So after actually 20 years of all that fun, I said enough hardware, because hardware tough. is tough. <laughs> and so moved in, I had the opportunity to go work at Citrix. Uh, left 3Com, went to Citrix and spent four years working there, and that's where we met yeah, back so in maybe 2008. You should, maybe you should share, how, how did you end up interfacing with this crazy jet air sky? Yeah, well, it was an opportunity, because I was responsible at Citrix for the channel, the best channel partners that Citrix had back in that time frame. And yeah. uh, Craig Stilwell and some of the other leaders there said, we need you to focus on our best. And here are the best, and MTM back then was the best, and somebody named Jet Ayers was uh, responsible, and so that's what we met, and we began our long, long time yeah, I think this was uh, 2008, I think. 2008, 2009, right, yeah. in that same. And that was, yeah, that was an amazing time when Citrix was really growing like crazy, and it was yeah, great. we were having a, uh, a good time together trying to figure out how to uh, really, I think Citrix was trying to figure out how to manage national partners at this time. Oh, it was. And you were helping crack the code on how to do that because yeah. 
I'm sure there's people listening to this that remember sort of the ID number strategy that you know, if you had uh, gold or a platinum, everyone was treated differently. Yes, and, and so, so I, I worked with you and then a select number of uh, platinum partners that had an M and a seven follow it. So I had yeah. my hands full with with the likes of all that, but uh, well, that team was great. How do you end up, uh, you, you end up at Citrix and I think you did a short stint at yeah, Dell? About four years there, um, kind of spent four years, things were changing. Uh, you know, wasn't totally aligned. I said, I need to try some, another software, another end-user computing, because I thought clearly that the Zen Desktop, Zen App, that whole you know, driving uh, transformation digital workspace was exactly where I wanted to be uh, to make a difference in the upcoming decade. Then I, so to do that, I had to spend a year uh, doing some uh, non-compete work, but it turned out to be an amazing one year. It was at Dell. So Dell was looking for someone and to run their SE organization in management that knew hardware. And so they had just acquired a company by the name of Force 10. Oh, and yes. that company was into switching. Well, I had a little experience after my years at 3Com with switching. So that I ran uh, the SE organization uh, for about a year, um, driving the integration of Force 10 with the already existing uh, Dell switches. So that was a great opportunity. And then the best opportunity, which is what will take me the next 10 years, which is Susan Nash uh, from VMware, which is going to kind of, we'll go back now. So Susan Nash and I have known each other for a long time. We met first in Dallas uh, at uh, Hewlett Packard. And the greatest story is she was a salesperson and I was her hussy. Okay. So it goes even back further, Jeff. Sorry to disappoint, no, but this is back. It. I won't even use the top numbers or the days, but it went back then. So Susan called and said, you know, we're beginning to grow our VDI, our view and uh, horizon business. And so she said, I have an opportunity. Can you come to VMware? And I said, absolutely. So I started at VMware in about uh, 10 years ago, to be exact, 2012. Wow, time really flies. I mean, I think this is a great example of like your network is your net worth, right? Mm -hmm. It's like never burn a bridge and always try to stay in touch with people and you just never know where those part, those relationships could take you one day, right? Oh, so. absolutely. Well, this industry has gotten so big, but right. yet it is so small, to right. your point. You know, our relationship, people that I knew back in both those you know previous locations are still keep in touch because it is that small. Yeah, so you joined uh, VMware right around the time when Sanjay, I think, came in, right? Right. Uh, well, I was there when his predecessor, Boaz, was there, 2012. Okay. He came in shortly. I think it was you know a year within a year of that when he started his. Uh, he was running the EUC organization, not yeah. the you know COO of VMware where exactly. he ended up. And then, so I was there when Sanjay was running the end-user computing team. I was then there when Sumit Dewan was running, uh, took over after Sumit. So I've been there seeing a lot of the great leaders that have uh, come and, mm -hmm. and gone to great things. And of course now Sumit's back uh, president of VMware. Yeah, so talk a little bit about, you know, you have a big job now. You have the whole end-user compute business under your uh, your belt, so congratulations on that. Well, thank way. you, sir. Yeah, that's amazing. In terms of just, you know, I knew you when you were just managing little MTM, and uh, now you well, have this, not so little, this big job. So uh, talk a little bit about, um, you know, what it's like to manage people around the world, and yeah. I know you're a workaholic, so uh, 
talk a little bit about your leadership style and absolutely you know kind of how you how you got where you are yeah so it's uh you know it is big responsibility as you said uh, for the end-user computing the virtual apps and desktops which is where i spend 99% of my time helping grow that business for the end user computing organization. But what uh, I think the key is, is that it is global. It is a small team, whether you want to call them ninjas or you know just the expert, the tiger teams that I have, that really have been able to take where before COVID, you know, end user computing, virtual desktops, no one really understood. But what we did is I have this team global, and it really is what I wanted to do. And I took this role back you know, five years ago, driving the global team. It was exactly, uh, wanted to be global, wanted to understand the variances globally and regionally so that I could apply my years of experience to that and help these individuals on my team help other individuals within VMware whether it's our core team, whether it's our specialists. So we're this team that really is enablers of the technology, the virtualization of desktops and apps. And now, you know, we've started, you know, 10 years ago, it was really virtual desktop. And now we see this massive move to not totally getting out of desktops, but really leaning in toward the app yep. space. Yep, yep. So how did COVID affect your business to put you guys Right in the middle of uh, everything. Absolutely, it went from you know very you know growing business to accelerating uh, in a huge huge way business. So mm -hmm. we could not have been busier. Probably the biggest uh, output from that was uh, that my mother finally figured out what I did. It was uh, <laughs> it was really important. She now understood she what explain. working from home was and what I had done for many years before. But yeah, it accelerated our business. There were so many customers that needed our help to send their employees home, call centers, 35,000 people going home, and we, VMware, getting them up and running in less than you know five days. I mean, just massive amounts of satisfaction uh, in a, as a business to help all these customers. And now, you know, as we all see what's going on. Now everybody's trying to balance. Where is that right balance? And how do we work from anywhere and it be seamless and transparent uh, to move forward? Yeah, well, I mean, I went to your headquarters a few weeks ago and <laughs> it was pretty empty. So I think this is one of the challenges is how do you incent people to come back together and continue to collaborate and build that trust that you can't really do through a Zoom screen. That's right, and and that's one of the reasons I've started traveling. You know, right at the beginning, is to be back in front of people, just like you know, being a part of the IGL disrupt uh, globally. As you know, it's really important to, to reconnect with everybody in person. But I did have some great meetings in Australia just last week, and the amount of information and dialogue that we can now have with our customers is so much more rich and so much more value to the customer than we could ever have on Zoom. I mean, we all felt it, we yeah. got by, but now being back in front, it, it's really great, so. Well, yeah. I, I kind of dream that we get the best of all worlds now, right, because mm -hmm. we know that a lot can be done, uh, the art of the possible over Zoom, but we also know the things that, the limitations, right? Yeah, and, and I think now, you know, VMware certainly, and, and one of the things we talk to our customers about is how do you balance? What is that right balance? And there's all kinds of attitudes in the market as we all read about. Yes. But it's, I think one of the best ones I've heard is that you need to, as an employee or as a person, 
right? Need to work where you want to work to be the most productive. Yeah. For me, I've worked at home, remote office for decades. Yeah. And so, but when I needed to be in the office to collaborate, that's where I would be. Yeah. And I think whether it's, if you have a team like mine, it's really hard to have everybody in one place. It's one of the goals we have as a team to get together in, in fun places when we can every six months or so. But it is important to go in the office and have a collaboration session. So for example, when I go into corporate, the, the town that's kind of empty now, is I let everyone know I'm gonna be there. And they schedule meetings with each other during that time as well as with me. And so yeah. I, I'm almost a catalyst to get people to come back and collaborate because they are rather work from home. It's easier, especially exactly. in California exactly. with all the traffic. So I know we have uh, VMworld, which is now VMware Explorer coming up Correct. In, a, uh, in August, which uh, will be great for another kind of, I think one of the first real big uh, you know, shows that's happening. I guess RSA is happening right now in San Francisco, but you guys are bringing this newly branded VM, VMworld, now VMware Explorer. Yes, Can I you talk to us a little bit about that? And I think one thing that would also be helpful is just to share with the audience kind of how uh, VMware looks at the business, the four pillars, and kind of how end-user compute sits inside of the, the yeah. pillars. Yeah, absolutely. So, the you know the new VMworld uh, Explorer is is going to be a lot of the same content or functions that we had before. What we're trying to do is not only just have the technical tracks, which has been really a basis of it. Uh, in the past, but we're trying to also have tracks that are more aligned to different uh, levels of our customers, for example, more senior executives, more technical directors of IT, and talk about those business issues that are how we solve those at that level, mm -hmm. right? Because this is a very different conversation when you're talking to the, you know, the administrators that need to know how to configure Horizon or, or Workspace ONE or anywhere. Very different conversation than when you're talking to a director or a So you'll still have two tracks. Yeah, you'll there'll be tracks it. trying yeah. to focus more in on the outcome that that customer is looking for, the transformation that that customer is going through. And every customer is at different levels. This leads into the pillars. Is that, you know, end-user computing is di driving the digital transformation of, the, of you and I and everyone that uses technology, giving that ability to be secure, ability to access from anywhere, and have that same experience, whether you're in an office, on a plane. The greatest thing today, coming over from Dallas, I was able to do Zoom and watch our all-hands call from the airplane at 35,000 feet through VDI. I mean, this is just a futuristic moment, right? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It seemed pretty impressed yeah. to me being able to. What do airline it, was that? <laughs> what was that? American Airlines. Yeah, it was American yeah. Airlines. So it was Good great on my phone. Uh, it was, wow. uh, it was great. And if anybody wants to know how to do it, let me know because it was a, a little trick. Had to do it through VDI. They blocked Zoom on uh, on American. So interesting. So yep. you got end user compute. So got end user compute, which is a key pillar. Uh, you know, it's the digital workspace that, that really we're driving that pillar. But what's also really key with that is our multi-cloud. And the multi-cloud story spans everything that VMware does, whether it is working with our hyperscalers like Microsoft and others, you know, working with them to put workloads that were uh, on-prem into the cloud. The same thing is true for end-user computing. That technology doesn't all have to exist on-prem. It's in the cloud, on-prem, it's hybrid. 
what we're seeing is most of our customers are doing a hybrid implementation, whether it's their data center workloads, their applications, their SAPs, it's a hybrid world, some on-prem, some in the cloud, because proximity does matter. Same thing for end-user computing. So it's app development is the other pillar. How do we do modern app development? And therefore, that's on-prem and in the cloud. So this, this multi-cloud includes on-prem as well. Some people think multi-cloud is just the big name cloud providers, but it really is you know, Microsoft and Horizon on-prem or Microsoft and vSphere on-prem in all the development of the code, the apps as well. And so I know security looms large for all of us and you guys made a big acquisition mm -hmm. a couple years ago now Carbon in uh, Carbon Black. You know, and where does that sit in this whole It's foundational, it's across all of it. I mean, security and, and being able to make sure that we secure your customers' information, our customers' information is paramount. Without security, whether you know ubiquitous security, it doesn't work. So whether it is you know uh, being able to access these systems, you want to make sure that it's you know the zero trust whole concept that it is from that moment from the end user computing all the way into the application. And by doing virtualization, you introduce a fabulous layer of security. So Carbon Black and the rest of the VMware Arsenal security is every conversation that we have. The end user compute track, is there going to be some you know, special reasons for people to come and learn about? There VMware absolutely the, will be. There's yeah. uh, going to be some great announcements in the end user computing. You know, we've uh, continued to focus in. Uh, we are going to be GAing what we announced last year virtually, which is our, our next gen horizon. We're going to be announcing how we deliver applications in a very unique and dynamic way. Uh, so there's a lot of EUC announcements and we're working to, to create more of this uh, community, I know you and I have chatted about this, of end user computing partners and customers so that you feel like a community. Going back to the conversation about COVID and patent, uh, after COVID, is that we hope that that is what occurs and we're going to try to facilitate that to be able to have people that have that interest, you know, they may have multiple interests, but when they want to talk about end computing and how VMware and our partners can help solve that, like Agile, it's a uh, go here, right? Perfect. And be perfect. Yeah, great. So um, talk a little bit about sort of the changing landscape, right? I know just in the last couple of weeks, we've heard that you're going to be acquired by Broadcom and Citrix, uh, you know, earlier this year merging with TIBCO, and then you know, to talk a little bit about kind of how you see this, and of course Microsoft, we probably can't uh, have this conversation without talking about your relationship with Microsoft and yep. how their technology is changing the mm -hmm. landscape. I mean, every customer we talk to is at least testing AVD or thinking yes. about Windows 365, so talk to us about how uh, that shapes your strategy and how, how's, how's VMware working with Microsoft? Right, yeah, and I, I'll start there and then work back to the other. But uh, our relationship with Microsoft has never been stronger. Uh, we have seen it accelerate. A huge portion of our business for uh, EUC ends up on Azure. Um, multiple stories, whether it's on-prem or in Azure. So it all started back with Windows Virtual Desktop, then Azure Virtual Desktop. So we wrote a native application. Many people listening probably know of Horizon Cloud on Azure. It's a native written virtual desktop, mainly virtual app capability, leveraging the best of AVD, like multi-session, 
and this is, I guess, advertising for Scott's old business and, yes. and, and Cam's new current business. But we do, from a sales perspective, we're tied in. From a partner go-to-market perspective, we're tied in. Uh, from a technical product management, we're tied in. So we're tied in at all levels, from executive all the way down to the folks putting the next versions uh, together. So from a horizon with you know AVD, lockstep, and we have great programs. You know, we're looking for great partners to help the joint message to deliver for our customers an outcome that includes Horizon, which adds huge value to what AVD brings to the market, mm -hmm. right? And that's from management, that's from ability to deliver these applications uh, in real time, on demand, being able to you know drive the cost down, uh, being able to control. That's one of the big benefits that we have in our next-gen architecture is to be able to reduce the cost of having the benefit of you know all this extra functionality. So that's the AVD, really, really strong. The next, you know, with Scott Manchester launching Windows 365, it's very similar. We're leading down that same path. We have our product teams talking together to figure out how and the best way to integrate our world and the new Windows 365 world. And that has all been because of our great relationship from our CEO on down, mm -hmm. uh, being able to draw that together. So maybe at uh, Evolve, we'll hear some more announcements, if not before. Oh, at Explore, you mean, Explore, right? Explore, right. Yes. <laughs> we'll get the name right. Maybe. So uh, since we're on the attic, we got to talk a little bit about Agile, and I think you know, mm -hmm. VMware and, so. uh, and Agile have a great relationship. Can you talk a little bit about how you see Agile fitting into your ecosystem? We know none of this. Uh, can be delivered kind of in a vacuum. We all have to work uh, around partnering. Oh, absolutely. Partnering. Well, it's it's not a coincidence that we're you know a platinum sponsor of this year's Disrupt because we do see it is critical to uh, the virtual world that we are driving in end user computing. You know whether it's from the eye pocket, you know being able to to drive that from a very innovative. You know that's one of the best you know things about VMware and iGel is we both are very focused on driving innovation, leading, you know, leading that edge, leading that innovation to help our customers. The ability for the iGel software to be able to you know, help the customer gain access anywhere on any device is really important. It fits yep. synergistically together. Yeah, well it was an amazing thing for me when I you know, put the office down in San Francisco to be able to sort of bring iGel to the doorstep and you know, work with Sridhar and mm -hmm. the uh, product management that uh, exists there. I think our roadmaps, we have a really good plan together and you know, these sort of day zero uh, right. sync so that, hey, if you're gonna buy VMware, you, you know it's gonna be certified and it's gonna work with That's iGel. Right. To the devices, the support of all the different functionality, you know, and I think it is very important that, that it's that common interface, that common experience whether you're on a, a device that you're carrying around with you, whether you're on a device in the office or in some location, that you know, leveraging the iGel technology, the software with our software, I mean, it's a great match because that is that compatibility. And hopefully we'll see some more at uh, yeah, VMware. More Explore. innovation from us. I know we got some good things cooking. Mm -hmm. 
So it's amazing to be sitting here, Skip, with you uh, with, you know, I think two weeks have gone by since uh, it was announced. I, I, when, I, when we were together in London, it was a rumor. And I think when Six we, days, six business days to be exact. Yeah. We, uh, so this is an amazing news. And I think yeah, yeah, everybody's speculating, what does it mean? Obviously, Broadcom's a very well-run company, mm -hmm. very innovative company. Um, but, you know, what does this mean for a chip manufacturer to buy VMware and kind of I mean, I know you, you're uh, subject to the regulations of your PR department, but maybe you could talk a little bit about you know, what you guys see and how you think this is going to positively impact your yeah. customers and partners going forward. Yeah, um, and it is important. I think you said speculation. I think the best thing right now, because it is so new, um, we're excited about it, but it is brand new. And if you read the, the facts rather than the speculation, you know, we have this period of up through July 5th where there's a go shop clause. So there's not going to be a lot of information until that period ends. Uh, but what is out there is very, very important to understand. If you go to the, you know, let's say the filings, the SEC filings on the Broadcom uh, webpage under their investor relation, they show the 8Ks and all the appropriate filings, which define actually fairly briefly what this is about. And it is, they use the word merger uh, based on the size of the two companies that, you know, VMware is, you know, similar size to Broadcom. They have publicly stated in their earnings call, there's a presentation about the VMware uh, Broadcom uh, deal, the intent to acquire or merge. And in there, there's some great data, right, not the speculation. They show a slide where Broadcom is going to leverage VMware as their software division. Uh -huh. So it's not like we're just being, you know, brought in under, we're basically becoming their software division. And I think what that looks like is that the Broadcom, as you said, chip manufacturer, hardware, that, you know, they see the value that software and annual reoccurring revenue brings to their business. And so that's one of the reasons they've made the offer, the intent to purchase and to merge with us. But I would recommend for those that want the best of the facts, look at the Broadcom IRs page and those kind of things. Go so to the source. I, go to the source. Yeah. So there's a lot of great speculation and everyone who does that is free speech right. and all that, but I try not to because it's all over. Exactly. Well, I, I mean, the, the exciting part about technology, and you've lived it for 25, 30 years now, is that it's an ever-changing landscape. It's all about innovation and driving outcomes, and I mm -hmm. think you've been you know, an amazing beneficiary of, of that. We all have. Yes. Um, and so maybe uh, just in closing, I know we all want to, we have a thirst to see each other. We haven't had some of these big events. Thankfully, they're coming back online, but a lot of people, you know, uh, listen to this uh, podcast and video on YouTube. And uh, you know, I like to give our guests the final word. Any uh, parting comments for the uh, family of EUC out there that uh, know and love you, Skip? <laughs> Anything you want to share with them? Well, absolutely. Well, first of all, Jed, thank you for the opportunity to do this. I, I really find it an opportunity and an honor to be here with you. And once again, our long-term uh, friendship uh, it's been fantastic. You know, we've had our, our high times and our challenging yes. times, but, you know, my attitude is, you know, without a breakdown, you don't have a breakthrough. And I'd say today is a, a great example of breaking through what we've been able to accomplish together. But I don't think it's over here. I think the in-user computing, the digital transformation, our customers 
are needing our help to get to that next level. Their employees are needing our help for the their experience, whether it's the employee experience or their customer experience. We're doing some very creative things with their customers and their employees to help them enjoy going to work, right? Today with the crazy world of you know people going and coming every which way, yeah. if you as a company, as employers of people by using technology that entices people to come work for you, that's going to be and it benefits you in a it's great It's going to be a differentiator going It's a differentiator. Yeah. You can't, it's not just, you know, here's your uh, PC and you get a, you know, a Windows PC. You have to give them choice because they want choice. Exactly. And so that's what we've been doing and I think our partnership is a, is a proof of that. So yeah, thank well, you, th Jeff. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the thank friendship, you. the partnership, Absolutely. and uh, look forward to a lot of good years more to go. Absolutely. I'm not going anywhere. Yes, good. <laughs> Take care. Thanks, thank Jeff. You. I want to put a quick shout out. The iGel Attic is a uh, production of iGel Technology, and uh, there's some key staff that help us put this together every time. Nicole Simons, my chief of staff. Ron Bowman is the executive director. We also have a crew that comes together under the... Uh, supervision of Peter Stepanek and Jamie Godfrey is the editor so it's a, a really amazing team effort to put this together we hope that you uh, enjoy it you can uh, subscribe on YouTube and that will get you all the alerts of uh, as new episodes drop we also now have it on podcast so happy to have you listen to this uh, on your favorite podcast until we meet again please uh, be kind to each other and uh, be well and we'll see you again somewhere soon Thank you so much.